2: Yeah, that's all right. Just before we do get underway, have you got your washing machine on, Yestin?
0: No.
2: Oh, there's a no- there's a slight noise coming from somewhere. I'm trying to figure out what that is. Maybe it's me. There's yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely there's definitely a rumble. Hang on. So it's not feeding back now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a little bit. Come back, Daniel Killick. <laughs>
2: I was thinking if the now. Fu- it's the fucking ghost of Killick. He's still dialed in from last week. Even though he's in the Lake District, he's been dialed into the same Zoom all week. That's good.
1: That's good. Yeah. Is, that's better. Better. Is that better? No.
2: let's get cracking. Okay. Welcome, welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. We've had a couple of games of uh, Rainbow Cup rugby this weekend for you. We get we inch ever closer to the Lions tour. Dan Killick has hot-footed it up to the Lake District without telling anyone. Uh, so who better to to fill that void
1: than a uh, very good friend of the show, Yestin George. How are you, Yustin? I'm a finisher, aren't I?
0: That's <laughs> yeah. what I am. Murph, Murph, would, uh,
1: Murph, Murph would like that when one. Straight of away. Eddie's.
0: One of Eddie's. Finishers, yeah, yeah. I heard
1: them. Somebody mentioning that, I think in the in the Dragons game, and I was like, oh, I remember those. <laughs> oh god.
2: Well, look, if you're a, if you're a finisher, then surely me and Murph are, uh, are finished, if uh, <laughs> if anything. But with the Mighty Murph is with us as well, and of course, this is uh, this is a fantastic reunion. You know, a reunion to rival the friends reunion, of course, because you boys <laughs> you boys haven't seen each other for a couple of years, but through, yeah, through a. Uh, one way or another, this is how you this is how Murph ended up on the podcast, wasn't it? That you had a a good day, a good day on the source watching the rugby and and Yestin said to me when I was starting this podcast, you want to chat to this guy Murph. He knows his rugby and he's a good laugh. And sure enough, here we are well, five, six years later.
1: Amazing. I, I think said, my I
0: said opinionated fucker. I bet that I can't ask <laughs> <the face. laughs> I was involved in something.
1: Oh, I, I think the most memorable day I spent with Murph is in the West Car Park at um at Twickenham, uh when we played, well actually we weren't in the car park, we were we had a meal and we went to the it was a South Africa World Cup game. Uh mm. and uh don't ask me why, but I took I took my laptop to the game. Oh, seems, yeah. seems like the most insane thing to do. And obviously, yeah. having enjoyed the hospitality around Twickenham, I left my laptop under my seat in Twickenham which had my entire career in it basically so i had to i had to um i I hung around for a couple of hours afterwards they hadn't done the kind of run through the grounds with security uh and then i went home and then couldn't sleep got up at three in the morning drove back up to twickenham and picked it up at no it wasn't ready then I went back to Brighton again but and then they phoned me at about midday and I went and got my laptop and this is the very same laptop that I, uh, that really I left tough. there so um, yeah it's,
2: good. it's a good job we got the result that day as well wouldn't it oh, oh, wait. oh, yeah, exactly. oh wait yeah exactly yeah, yeah I, was, I was there that day as well that was an event that was an eventful one um, I don't know if you remember or you may have seen but someone threw a a pint of Guinness or half a pint of Guinness over Andy Goode while he was presenting on the, uh, and that happened to be me actually, which was a bit annoying. It's not, not my usual style, but he was, he, he was obviously pissed and was presenting, uh you know, in the car park with, I, I don't know, presenter bot 3000 from, from Sky Sports. And uh yeah, he, he was obviously making a point about Wales losing and just went, just went, oh, you know, that's it. Wales well, just got to realise now that's it. You know, they're uh, they're out of the tournament. They're no better than England. They got to get back on the bus and go down the M4. And I just lost the plot at this point, <laughs> like having having been you know on the pop all day and just walked out and threw this half a pint of Guinness there it landed right on his wig, um which is not I'm
1: not I'm not proud of it. But yeah, mate, he's my, also my, a dick clearly. Yeah. My son was um my son was quite young I think he was about fourteen or 15. no I must have been fifteen and he'd had a couple of pints um and he <laughs> I mean, actually if, if, if Andy if Andy is listening it was Yeston's son not me yeah <laughs> and he had a dig he had a dig a uh, train wasn't he it? was uh, yeah on the way to the train he had a dig at a South African fan just gave him the elbow in his in his um and that all sort of suddenly then we had like this sort of flare up where my son's kind of facing off against some six foot three probably you know future back rower for 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 the box and um yeah so it was yeah it was it was pretty gnarly all around really (laughs) also as well I had this
2: I had this vision in my head because I'd watched the I'd watched the England game from on on holiday and you know I was I was sick with nerves like that that bloody game and and to win it was amazing then I watched the game in Cardiff like three days later against Fiji and then got these tickets got these tickets to the quarterfinal and in my head I was just like well it's going to be like it's going to be Wales takes over West London I was like I just thought it's going to be see a red everywhere completely forgetting that Southwest London you know the, the huge South African population that there was and it was just I reckon it was 80% box, you yeah, know, we massively outnumbered. Uh, and I went there just thinking, oh, this is going to be like a, it's going to be like a home game. In fact, it's going to be better. It's going to be Wembley 99. It's going to be Wembley 99. It's going to be better. Cause you're doing it in, you t- you're doing it in England's backyard when they're already out of it. We're
0: playing in the game that they were supposed to be in. That's why, that's why we had, uh, we, we, we had tickets, I had tickets with the mutual friend we mentioned earlier, because colleagues had bought them just in case England were in that game. That's and exactly. They, that's they, exactly how I got it. A message yeah, flew around. Give them away. They're yeah, pair,
2: them away. pair of tickets up for sale, face value. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be. I don't,
0: think, he, I don't think Matthew. Uh, our friend Matthew even paid. Just so like, I, I got nothing to do with it. He was the guy, obviously in question, was disgusted and didn't want to meet him in his near his person anymore. So just gave him away as quick as he could.
1: Yeah, the the worst instance of that I've ever experienced to go into not quite into Murph's um, cycling territory, but if we go into football momentarily, the um, the that the it was it was relived on Ellis James's um, football program that um, that game at the famous game at Anfield when Wales played Scotland at home at Anfield, and um, that I went with with my dad to that, and that is. Undoubtedly, the most depressing uh, kind of domination by the opposition fans. There were there were barely any Welsh people in the ground. Yeah. It was just terrifying, irrespective of the result. Even it was just horrendous. It's a bit of a trek from. You live in Swansea in those days. No, nah, we 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 moved to North Wales for a while. Oh right, I, on. Had, I had to go full. I on the plus side, I I ended up going straight into the first team at the school because I was from South Wales, they would never (laughs) seen me play. And if they'd seen me play, they wouldn't have given me me a propping birth at age 12. Um, But yeah, uh, but the downside was obviously that was the end of watching Swansea RFC. And uh, so I had to, yeah, I had to trek around watching football for a couple of years. Still on
2: on your return to on your return to Swansea yesterday, you might have walked into the football team though if you would spent the time in North Wales, didn't you? Swings and roundabouts. You have got it's like different currency you've got that you can. Uh, well, do, that's do. got. A,
1: there's a story there as well because the first I actually walked straight into the first because they said he what do you do you play prop. Okay, you can have. a game in the first team for my school and our first game was against sandfields and we lost 50 nil and i never played for them again and <laughs> also you know playing sandfields for talbot not you know talk about baptism of fire
0: <laughs> I, can't, I can't i you know i can't remember any games from my 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 school years at all i mean I didn't the school i went to you didn't play many games but you know if you ask me my first and i know i do remember playing against uh martin madden as a as a junior school boy and uh, me and my mate roughing him up and then playing him <laughs> repeatedly over the years until youth level. And then obviously he got incredibly powerful. And then when I finished youth round, all that time, he'd been two years younger than me. And he was throwing, you know, by the end, he was throwing me around like I was nothing. So, yeah, yeah but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, any, any, the way you said that I, I I turned up and went straight in the first. No idea. I couldn't tell you who I was playing for, what, what, who the opposition was. They just... Well, the the irony is that we had two. We've got two
1: international football players from Asturabera, the school I went to, but um, <coughs> Hartson and Ben Davis. But we didn't have a football pitch at the school at all. So they played on the third rugby pitch with <laughs> with, and they played about two games a, a two games a season mm. on a on a you know on a sloping muddy field with rugby posts for goalposts. So um, yeah, we never had. I can't think. Um, Tavis Nile is the only player I can think of who played for a Slavero who actually played first class rugby. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good because I, you know, Robert Jones was a was my year at tower and Steph Jones, the outside half. Rob, you know, there there were loads of loads of players, great players, but I was hopeless. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hopeless, should we talk about the Rainbow Cup? Yeah, suppose we we better had bring it back to rugby as well to rugby to modern day rugby. (laughs) If you can call it that. Uh, Actually, I will tell you what, I didn't. I didn't think they were bad games this weekend. Actually, I thought I I quite enjoyed them. I know Murphy. I think
0: judging by that furrowed brow,
2: you need a bit of a recap of them. Um, Well,
0: I know Cardiff had a right old go, but uh, I haven't actually finished watching the highlights. It was on the highlights, is it? They, They. broadcast the whole Delay it, thing yeah. I know, so i haven't finished that so i can't re- i can't really work out where how they cocked it all up yet but i'm sure you can fill me in well yeah if anyone either hasn't watched
2: it or uh, wants to read it again it was an interesting interesting game i thought Cardiff played some really good stuff there was uh, I- i'm glad we've got Yeston on so it's not just me crushing over Ben Thomas for uh, for a <laughs> change yeah i'm all
1: uh, you just you read me like a book though <laughs> I just go back, and
2: he. He's a,
1: he's a, I love the way he moves.
2: He just glides. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic player to watch. He's a joy. You know I thought he. I think he was due a good game as well, like because he's had those those fleeting moments and whatever monster side you're playing, it doesn't matter. You know whether you're playing monster thirds, right? It's a bit like it's a bit like you saying, you know, yes, walking straight into the... Straight into the side and, and playing playing rugby down in Patalbert. It's wherever Munster side you're playing, it's always going to be tough. So to see him just have that much time on the ball and and glide across the pitch and make the right decisions, I think is is really quite something. Is something quite exciting, I think. So he he, he had a fantastic game, but someone I do want to say who I thought was fantastic for Cardiff and he has been all all season, probably a little bit longer. Corey Domachowski was. I just think he's. He re- like he's keeping uh, again when we're talking about you know crushing on people here. Rhys Carey, who Murph has a you know, who has a restraining order out against Murph, um, you know, he's been he's he's been sat on the bench all season. He started more games for Wales in the last 12 months than he has for Cardiff, hasn't he? I think and 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 I tell you what, that's that's that shows you how good um Domischowski is because he's just doing such a good job at giving them a good set piece and putting in a real good shift I've been I've been really impressed with him but yeah sadly they uh they they did nose it up and, and couldn't quite get over the line and you know we had the, the captain's challenge in amongst all of that what um what was your take
1: of the game yesterday? yeah well I go with obviously I, I am, I'm gonna go back to Ben Thomas for a minute just because uh what what I really love about players at this stage in their careers is that you don't really know how it's going to go right Um, uh, and he made obviously an immediate impact when he first played and you just thought oh hello this is very exciting and then there's a period of consolidation or you know he's uh, should we say less maybe we're not I don't know one thing or, or the other that, that he's less obvious in terms of, you know, even though he's clearly, everybody talks about his potential. And then on, I think on Friday, you just realized just how this could work. But the interesting thing for me is like, can we can a can a club like Cardiff make sure that he's not, doesn't fall for that between two stools kind of scenario Um, Can they make sure that, you know, he develops in the right way and can possibly even more importantly, can Wales kind of tailor, I'm not saying tailor their game around him, but can they play a game that where Ben Thomas plays at 12 uh, and plays still constructively and not try and sort of, you have to play to a certain pattern that isn't in your instincts. Because I think that... You know, looking even taking the Dragons game and looking at obviously Hastings is playing at 15 because he's, I guess, because he's off to Gloucester and so they want to blood, you know, the, the new 10 who looks very promising, can't remember his name, let alone get it wrong. But, um, but That's... the <laughs> but the but.
0: I'll have a you know, go for when, now when you finish the week. Yeah, but when Hastings,
1: but when Hastings get, you know, when Hastings are getting the ball at ten, and then, you know, there were two tens basically on that pitch, and they were they were making, they were making, uh, making dragons think quite a lot. I definitely, you know, I just I just hope that it's it's the handling. We you know we don't want to go down that. Oh, look at James. Hurt, look at Matthew Morgan. Look at the players who could have been da 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 da. You know and all that kind of stuff but there is a degree of truth about that and i think it's really important with players who are uh, maybe don't fit the 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 pattern that we we we're used to seeing actually we we get the most out of them as players mm. but i yeah so i thought i thought i just felt you know the blues have done it before where they just they come out the traps they play well they look really good they I think the front five is working better than it has done for ages. There's no doubt that the second rows, <laughs> you know, seeing Seb Davis getting the ball wide and galloping again is a really great thing to see as well. And Corey Hill just looks like a, like you, you know, you've discussed before on the pod, like like an absolute nailed on leader for the rest of his career, you'd think. And um, so I, it's just, I don't understand why they, they just can't quite see it through. a couple of pony decisions and a couple of careless feet into touch and the odd mistake here and there. There's nothing you can say about 9, 10, 12 that they didn't do anything wrong at all. But
2: I, I, th- I thought actually, and as you know, I'm a massive fan of Thomas Williams, but I thought and he scored two tries, so you know he, he by no means had a bad game. But I did think there was quite a few occasions where there was no one at the base of the ruck mm-hmm. and a few of those nuts and bolts pieces were, were kind of, and it's, it's, there's nothing to read into it because it's just one of those. And let's be honest, it's a largely meaningless game uh, in the, you know, in the, the meaningless season that we've had and the meaningless season that will follow. But it's, I don't know. It, I thought there was a few of those nuts and bolts that were just a little bit missing that are the bits that are always going to be, the question marks over him, Murph. Anything out of the halfbacks that um, that, you, that you can add for us?
0: Just going back briefly to Ben Thomas. He, he uh, different from James Hook and um, Nipper. He, he looks like he might have timed his entry to rugby at, at in a period when it looks like things are swinging back towards skill. You know, because obviously at the time when, say, I don't know Matthew Morgan came through. It was a kind of Jamie Roberts type of leader and more and, and on ball, obviously, and not, not just here, but generally across the sport. The emphasis is on uh, massive carriers and all the other things. So there, there seems to be a trend. It's definitely in France. They definitely stopped stuffing up the jumper in France. And the English clubs, are, I, it, it could be a false dawn because a lot of the rugby is being played in May, June. And that might just be, be you know, naturally because the pitches are playing fast. But it looks in the Northern Hemisphere, it looks as though there's a trend back towards skill. And if that's the case, Ben Thomas might have timed it perfectly. Um, uh, Going back to the halfbacks at the Blues, um, well, I mean, that's their first choice. I mean, they don't often get those two paired out together. So um, that was, um, aside from Owen Lane and one or two others, that was Cardiff's first choice for next season moving forward. And um, I suppose pushing Munster that close at home is not something they normally do. I mean, they definitely don't win over that. But even getting close is something they don't normally do. So promising in a way. Um, and like I say, they, they've got enough. <laughs> they've got enough second rows in the squad. So we'll see. What have you made? There's a lot of uh, a lot of talk uh, about James
2: Ratty and how well he's. You know, and I think he's been a very astute uh well, not signing you know he's, he's just he's done he's done a great job for them and and moved around a bit uh is he is he kind of an out and out eight now do we think because obviously he played a, a fair bit in the row and he's he's covered a bit around do you think eight is his best position murph it,
0: and they have done the same with ben murphy as well hasn't he played eight as well or have i imagined that I'm i not. i don't know i wonder oh. it, they look like they've made the effort with their lower body, if you know what I mean, really thickened out in the side. And that lowers your centre of gravity. And then, you know, next thing you know, you can you can cut the mustard at number eight. But, um, yeah, if they've got, I mean, if they've got quality, if te- people like Teddy Williams look like they're coming through, as well as Matthew Street being signed, and then the existing boys, the, th- the, <laughs> the head, shake from <laughs> head shake from Ged. And then you've already, I mean, you've already got... Um, Seven and Ori Thornton and so on. And so there is room for uh, James Ratty to move. But at the same time, when, when I mentioned, you know, people like Owen Lane mentioned, that that side could also bring, next season, bring in Ellis Jenkins, Josh Navidi, Shane Lewis-Hugh. So, that, you know, that it, they are shaping up, I think. But it's just a question of uh, putting it all together in one game. Yeah, that's
2: it. I think, I don't know, I think it's really handy having those... Those players like Ratty and and Turnbull who can who can move and again, like we said, not that I'm suggesting Turnbull is going to be playing in the second row again, but having those players who can do a job at six, seven, eight, yeah, alone four, five, six, seven, eight, it just gives them those options when internationals are gone and injuries, and we know that the the Welsh sides are not going to have the strength and depth that that the Irish squads have. So when you've got those players who can fill in and do more than a job for you, I think it, it puts you in good, in good stead. And I have to say, I think, I think Die Young is probably quite excited about the new season and what might, what might be. What, what do you think, Esten? The, the well, squad I've, as a whole at Cardiff?
1: I, you know, I, I just keep on, I have to stop myself from thinking they could do because the way Wasps played, I know that obviously as soon as Die, Young left, they suddenly they were electric and now they've seem to have gone back a bit. I'm not quite sure. I don't watch enough of them live to see why. But but you really hope that that, you know, the 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 way that wasps played, even when Dai Young was there, was expansive, was fairly attritional still. They didn't they didn't take a step back, but they definitely were always. Would it be fair to say they were the closest thing to sort of scarlet in in their prime in terms of the the nature and the way they played? You know, it wasn't entirely dissimilar in terms of they needed they played with ball playing back rowers who could carry and were pacey. I mean, Thomas Young Scott created a, an absolute stormer. The um, on Friday was it Friday or Saturday? I can't remember now, but he looked so rapid. But uh, so I. That's my. I I I think if I was a blues fan, I'd be very optimistic. I, I'd think that they are getting. I think they'll be the. They everybody's sort of expecting Ospreys to be the strongest region next year, and I think that Blues could be. Well, I think that's
2: a, that's a very interesting point, and obviously, yes, then we couldn't have you on without talking about the Ospreys and without you adding a, a wonderful dose of pessimism to a to a side that's on the up. Um, but it's going to be it's. I think probably the the best place for us to take the second half of the show is to have a look ahead to to next season and and how those sides are shaping up. Uh, But what we're going to do right now is have a
1: very quick break.
2: Welcome to the second half of the Attack and Scrum podcast. We were saying just before the break, well, Yestin was saying that he thinks that uh, Cardiff fans have every reason to be very excited about the new season. Pouring a little bit of cold water on the uh, the suggestion that the Ospreys are the side to watch next year. Uh, quite a few players moving on, though, this week, Yestin. We see, you know, I suppose the most high profile of them being Scott Williams, Corey Allen moving on, Luke Price, quite a few. Any of those, firstly, any of those players that you would have liked to have seen stay, or do you think all of those are?
1: You know, it's probably time for them to move on. I was surprised about Luke Price, I have to say, just because you know, obviously he's been in the frame all season. Um, so yeah, I, I was. I'm not disappointed though. Um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't. If, in all honesty, you know, we're going back to my time honoured Angus O'Brien ramble where I, I always just thought that he was a 10 that should have gone, should have gone there, uh, stopped short of the Lachar I would have been happier with that. Um, so I, I, th- you know, it's, uh, Scott Williams, obviously he's got, you know, he's obviously not, he's struggled with injury. Corey Allen, obviously. It's really,
2: it's really sad to watch Scott Williams. I think actually like it's, it's, because the guy isn't—it's not like he's thirty-five years old, you know. It's—it's it, it's just the guy who's been ravaged with injury, and and realistically, if that—if it was the same Scott Williams of twenty twelve, twenty fifteen, he'd be he'd be starting for Wales, I think. You know, it's it's really been quite horrible to watch that time he's out at the Ospreys because he's just looked at sh- a shadow of his former self.
1: Well, Murph will know this better than either you or I would, but uh, you know, the, this thing that we never really talk about um until players are retired when someone like you know Dylan Hartley will talk about the fact that you know you play through injury all, all the time and you're in pain every day and you're carrying stuff i, I mean it, it it you know we we don't really when we you know we rarely actually kind of examine the legacy of of really bad injuries we assume that players will just Recover 100, but Murph, they, they, that, that. Do you think that, like, you know, players end up maybe going into their thirties playing at 60 percent or 70 percent of their their kind of physical capacity, as it were?
0: It depends on the injury, obviously. But I mean, someone like Corey Allen, I, I was, I had to say, even though it's obvious now you think about it that Scott Williams and Corey Allen would be let go, I was still shocked because there was no. There was no sounding out that it might happen. It just just came like the axe just fell. There was no like, uh, unfortunately, these players have not been offered an extension or anything like this. It was just they're leaving. They're gone, and and, and I can you know from business point of view can t- totally see why because they just can't stay fit. But in in the case of say Corey Allen, <clears throat> most of his injury, I know it's a it's a quite a nasty knee injury at the moment that he's recovering from. But most of his injuries are hamstring, uh, from from just from memory. I haven't checked this, but, so. I don't know how much of a toll, I mean, rehab is going to be a pain if you're doing that all the time, but I don't know how much of a toll that's going to take on his body. And so he's actually not gone many miles on the clock, if you know what I mean, because he's, ne- well, he's never completed a grueling season, really, or if he has, it was very early on in his career. So in his case, you know, um, you can see him being okay, but I suppose... The ones that it catches up on it, the ones with the major reconstructions all the time, you know, like a. Well, I saw Sam Wallbridge a good example.
2: Mef, that's, that's okay. exactly that's exactly the example I was thinking of. I don't know. If- and also,
0: and also to a lesser extent, Jonathan Davies. Yeah. He, he's definitely not as mobile as he used to be. You know, whatever, whatever the uh, <laughs> journalists who thought he should have been in alliance what think, he, he's definitely not moving around the pitch like he was. So, um, yeah, and then you know, I mean, they, they, they all, they, well if you're going to go into that detail on the injuries, I mean, we got the, we got the massive, um, uh, d- concussion induced dementia issue going on in rugby. Plus, I mean, m- loads of them must be full of arthritis, uh, as they get further on, down the line speaking for myself, I've got, uh, I, and obviously I was not, uh, I, when I played in division three, I was pushing it. Right. Uh, you know, I was, I was doing really well to get in the inside and, uh, I've got the tach retinas and I'm lucky The most of my joints, I didn't do anything major to my joints, but, and this is a weird one which I, I can't explain. When I finished playing, my my thumb joints there, the, the ball bit, were aching for nearly a full 12 months after I finished playing rugby. I don't, I, I don't know if it's from the way I was grabbing on the jerseys in the, in the scrums or if I was, sometimes you would kind of tackle with a straight arm like that into someone's gut. Uh, and maybe that was causing it, but weird things like that, which, you know, you don't realise how full of niggles you are until you stop and rest permanently, if you know what I mean. So, um, and you know, like I say, I, I, low level people. There's a guy, funny enough, there's a guy, <laughs> he'll be known around Cardiff because everyone knows him, but I won't say his name. He's a guy I used to play with, much older than me, and I saw him in the gym way before lockdown, in the showers, and his body's like bloody Frankenstein. He's got, he's got, Bits grafted off his shin to be put into other parts of his body, and big like chunks out of his. Well, obviously ears is a thing with rookie Blue, but chunks out of his different parts of his body are all being moved and repaired and grafted elsewhere. It was he was absolutely frightening to look at in the showers. I can tell you.
1: <laughs> That's my. <anecdote. laughs> I,
0: was just, I,
2: was just I
0: love that. I love that. We should have left a five-second
1: silence there. Jake. That would have been just really awkward. St- <laughs> the sort of murph staring at staring at disfigured men in the showers is something that we. Should. I'm carry I'm, I'm surprised
0: that neither of you. Have,
2: yeah, neither of you. Have- commented on the fact that I've been sat here naked the whole time either no, that, would have, <laughs> that, would, that would have added to uh added to the suspense. <laughs> but yeah I mean like uh, yeah we could go down a massive rabbit hole if we talk about what the modern player puts in puts their body through. but you're exactly right that the Warburton example Murph is just something if you've watched that documentary that was on the iPlayer come out a couple of years ago um, and it was on BBC Wales at the time and just after you know maybe six seven months after he'd retired and you watch him trying to walk down from a porter cabin um, at Cardiff Arms Park in like one of the media trucks and he's like hobbling that you know it's a 29 year old guy like hobbling down some steps and he hadn't played rugby for 18 months at that point and that's still his knee in that position you just thought geez, you know what he must have put put himself through and and they're you know they're they're all kind of doing it and I suppose that Sam was in that position he was able to retire at that point in his career and you know does you know will pick up media work and will be you know a fantastic pundit as he has done and we'll have the deal with Land Rover and all this kind of stuff but I suppose if you're Corey Allen or you're Scott Williams you've you've got to find another contract and find somewhere to go and do it again and and keep the keep the paychecks coming in.
0: I haven't heard any rumors about Scott Williams being picked by anyone there's rumors of Corey to the dragons and i was going to ask you actually
2: this is the one thing that i've prepared in amongst my days worth of drinking for this uh for this podcast was uh one was that fluffed line about the friends reunion and the second thing was i was going to ask you about those three players as to where they will end up so firstly let's go easy right Corey allen where will he end up
0: well, there's already r- rumors i can't remember where i saw it some it's on the internet so it's probably a big dollop of truce involved yeah. but exactly. uh the dragons would seem i mean seem an automatic fit for him i think yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna command a heavy wage bill at this stage um so and, and if they get him uh, you know the john Hartson thing where he was at celtic and he was only paid as he pay pay as you play never missed a game they could, get, they could guess something. They can't do that with Corey because he is going to be on a physio's bench a lot. But if they can, you know, get him on a relatively cheap um, contract and then and then it's boosted up by appearances, that would be ideal. I think that'd
1: be a good move. Yes, then. Yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, that seems like sensible. With Scott Williams, you just think that he just does he go back to Scarlett and I think and I've join got the, the answer. Back room? I did think about that, but I've, I think I've got the answer for Scott Williams.
0: Worcester. What? Worcester. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. But it, Think about yeah,
0: the, um isn't is Scott Baldwin going there as well?
2: Scott Baldwin's going there, Harry Gole there who had a good weekend, Owen Williams is there, John Thomas and
0: Mark Jones and the coaching staff. There's a scrum off as well who's Welsh there. Can't remember who that is. I know they I know they got Welsh halfbacks lined up.
1: Yeah, good shout. Very good, Chad. He should yeah. be a player's agent.
0: Nikki <laughs> Robertson,
1: look
2: out. Make you, Robinson, look out. Yeah, I would, I would love to be a players' agent, I think. Well, no, I wouldn't. Actually, I'd be terrible. I'd be bloody awful. I'd be bloody awful. You'd just be
1: crying all the time because
2: players have left the Dragons. I'd be, I'd be crying all the time because players have left the Dragons. I'd just be, I'd, I don't know, I'd be trying to get them deals to endorse brands. I'd be like just begging begging Scott to, begging Scott and to, to sponsor these players. Like, come on, mate, help, help us out here. But that's what I reckon. And then what about Luke Price? That's the, this is the last one. I reckon i've got the answer to this one as well murph what do you reckon
0: no i i mean like like we were saying last week about owen williams at various stages all the regions could have done with owen williams but i I don't know who in particular would be because i mean cardiff now i've got reese prieston coming in so go on it's got drags written all over it all right unless unless there's
2: unless there's there's some bad blood and I've, i've got no reason to to believe this but unless there was some bad blood between between sam davis and luke price because Luke got the nod over over him to start that season. Then subsequently broke his leg. I just think actually the, the few games he's played this season, um, I thought he looked a lot more confident. Luke Price, and you know he looked because he looked he looked it was horrible watching a few a few of the games he had the season before. Um, but I think you know to come in and do a job to do a job at the Dragons because they literally have two two fly halves, and that's and you know when Josh Lewis plays. At fullback, they've got both their fly arms on the pitch at the same time. They need someone, and I just think that actually that could be a that could be a really good a really good place for him to end up. It means you don't have to start Sam Davis every single game, and you know, and and playing playing that side that is hopefully moving in the right direction. I think would be a good move for him.
0: I can confirm that that Wanderers can't afford him. Well, oh, we'll shall. see
2: though. We'll see though, shall we? We'll see. Um. Murph, you, the, the, the wanderers, the wanderers <laughs> were my stalking horse in in my in my player agent, in my player agent game. But um, I was going to try and bump bump up his his wage fifteen percent, but you've uh, you've you've uh, scuppered that while we're uh, while we're on air. But there we go. So I, I mean, generally though, Justin, to kind of finish up on the Ospreys, are you excited
1: about what this next season might have in store? Tentatively, yes. Uh, as always, Ruben Morgan Williams seems to be uh, a real, a real uh, sort of find that you can imagine him just, you know, playing the season and being. Yeah, uh, I think they they look, they look. It, it, Kieran Williams obviously going to have to kick on, which is a big burden, big responsibility. Watkins been fit for a while now, and obviously is kind of almost having to play the senior, the senior player role. But I, I you know, I think he's fantastic for the region. Whether he's got a long term, sort of future in the in the Wales t- sort of, you know, twenty three, I don't know. Um, I think yeah, they're in they're in decent shape, and obviously they've got you know they've got some good players joining and. I think they Francis will be a major a major um a major you know I, I think that's a big move a good big move as it were um so yeah I, but I I just want them to show a pattern of play you know I can see I can see the way that Dragons are playing that I think is the right thing for that squad and it's a good way of playing rugby and I know that it hasn't come off as much as they would have liked but i can see i you know i just think it's they're making the most of the players that they have i just want to see a a a character of playing with the ospreys and i think that they've had some really good performances but they've also been toilet at times i think <laughs> as well
2: murph murph touched on it there the playing during the summer months because i've been surprised how Good the dragons have been to watch it, but I'm gonna move this into the dragons now, obviously, as I tend to do anyway. But the at times they played some really nice rugby. And I think particularly when they were playing at the millennium, and you know, you know you had good, you know, decent pitch underneath you, and you're playing in April rather than playing in November, December. I just wonder how much things might revert back to type when we go back to the the regular season, so to speak, and we've got the the crappy weather to contend with. What do you think about that, Murph, with regards to both the Ospreys and the
0: Dragons? Uh, well, just briefly going back to the Osprey style of play, I think a lot of the way they play is going to be dictated by the fitness or otherwise of Gareth Okay, like, If he's fit, there's a there's a element because at the moment they seem to be very direct in midfield kind of thing with Kieran Williams and Owen and and then work from there. But I think if Gareth Anscombe's on the pitch, he, things open up more. They, they can play the direct game, and then if if he sees, Kieran Williams being lined up, which he quite often is, then he, you know, he, he's got that creative ability to just change things. So, uh, I think it all hinges on him for the Ospreys, and and I got, I mean, I know we've talked about the fact that he's kicking again. But that's a long way off competitive rugby, so I don't know how far away he is, but it, it, I think his style of play is going to be literally down to the. Uh, Who was, was on the pitch at the time? So, do you think the fact they're letting Luke
2: Price go means that they're a bit more confident that anscombe's going to play some rugby next year?
0: Because you wouldn't,
2: well, you, you, unless again, unless they've got another ten lined up.
0: Well, is Myler being extended a year? I think he has, not he? Uh I'm.
2: If he hasn't, if it hasn't been announced, he's he'll be there next season,
0: and and possibly the thing he might have been, well, he can't keep a thirty-seven-year-old out of the side. Luke, Luke Price, so maybe that was just a, a you know, a, a, a worked out as simply as that. I, I don't know, but but they they uh, obviously
1: think with like Kai Evans playing on the wing for crying out loud that mm-hmm. that he's not his destiny is not at ten, which is where he played his internationals, you know, international. So junior age grade rugby. And you just think, you know, and I think Kai Evans would be the, probably the, I don't know Kai Evans from a hole in the ground, but I imagine he doesn't want to be playing on the wing either. And you just think, no, hang on. I, I, that is, it's not because the squ- squad's bare, but they're obviously going, okay, well, he can, you know, he's he's tidy under the high ball and he he can boot the ball back down again. I'm just like, nah, that's not what you want. You need something a bit more positive than that. So I just, I am, you know, as, as you know 15.
0: me. Say it again? I thought they moved into to 15. That,
1: that, that, and I... I... He's
2: played the bulk at fifteen. He's had the odd yeah. the, the odd appearance where he's he's come off because he's been on the bench as twenty three, and he's come off the bench as to cover wing and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah.
1: He's he's started some games on the wing done. as well, and I just think, I you know, obviously, I'm I'm always looking for holes in 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 the, in, the, in the Ospreys, and I just think that, that it's as much to do with. It's as much to do with, you know, what's your mindset, if that's the case, you know, it's as it's not just that, like, there's a, you know, the the, there's like a there are no wingers available or anything like that. I'd rather see T and Thomas Wheeler play on the wing, you know, if then, then, you know, I don't know. It just seems like slightly conservative and I worry about that.
0: Is maybe the reason why they've let Luke Price go is because they intend for Kai to step into that as well into 10. Maybe that's the reasoning. He hasn't done it many times, has he? Not in not in not in uh meaningful games, anyway. So no, No,
2: it's not. And also I think yeah, we've said this numerous times, it's such a step up from under 20s to because again he looked very composed at under-20s level and was looked a composed, good kick in 10, but it's such a step up and it takes a long while to adjust there. And we, you know, we spoke about players like Harry Keddy and Harry Harry Keddy tore it up that season that we won the Grand Slam. You know, he looked he looked a wrecking ball of an eight. And what he's become is a really damn good nuts and bolts six. And I think that it does take that that while to, to figure out exactly how a player fits in at professional rugby. And I, I do I I think I'm with you on this, Murph. I think that he his position probably is 10. But I think he'll flick between ten and fifteen at, at the Ospreys, depending on depending on where they need him. Yeah. Well, look,
0: they've just extended Dan Evans, haven't they, uh, for quite a couple of years. Considering and
2: Dan, Dan Evans is thirty-two years old, exactly, and he's, got, and he's got another two years on his on his contract now. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's
1: an interesting
0: move. Which means and he can't he can't be first choice in either position, ten or fifteen. So
1: and you have got Josh Thomas, of course, as well, haven't you? So that Josh Thomas has probably played at ten more than Kai has. Mm. So yeah, I mean there, there are reasons to be optimistic. you've got even Phillips and players like that who look look set fair for a long career, hopefully. Um, so there's plenty of good players there, but I just think you know it's all about the culture. you know have they got are they really trying to create something you know that isn't just yet another Australia type nonsense? You know I, I think I think what, I think what they have yeah.
2: got is I think they've got a head coach that people buy into and that well, seems, they, that seems pretty clear and that's and that's something that's been missing for the last the last few appointments and I yeah. think that Steve Tandy got a fair bit of stick towards the end of his tenure but I thought did a brilliant job at transitioning from Galactico's era Ospreys to players who are from essentially it was players from within the within the inverted commas, Australia region, right? And I think he did a good job at that. And then after that, it's been very, very difficult where they've been looking for instant success and it's not come. And I think that Booth has done a very good job at, at making the pack harder and as they should be. And I think that, I don't know, I don't know what exactly is going to happen behind the scrum, but I think you're going to have a much more competitive Osprey side next year than, than we saw before Toby Booth arrived.
0: Yeah, I hope so from where they were 12 months ago i mean he's done well uh it's a very young squad and it's just just a matter of keep. (laughs) yeah i mean imagine the season they'd have had if gareth hanskin and scott williams was on the pitch more often than not Mm. imagine what they could have decided could have been this season if they uh, i I was saying to someone about how much money the, the ospreys have lost through Gareth Anscombe signing on something like half a million pound a year, whatever he gets paid, and he hasn't paid a single minute. But Apparently, uh, insurance kicks in, and that, most of that gets covered, and so they're not that out of pocket over Gareth Anscombe. But they are out of pocket in terms of what he could have brought on the field if people like him and Scott Williams and uh, even to some extent Reese Webb uh, can stay fit and stay on the pitch. That, that's a different side then. That's a different. That's a different fifteen if those three are on the pitch. So. Um, it, Moving forward, it's a young squad, and hopefully, with the likes of Thomas Francis uh, arriving, uh, they just need luck with injuries uh, more than anything else. But
2: well, yeah, if they can keep everyone fit, and you end up with where Anscombe, where Anscombe, Walking, yeah, and then the you know some of those talented outside backs, it could be it could be a very different story. Let's have a look at the Dragons because they were in action this weekend. Yes, Stin, what did you make of that? It it had a bit of a feel of. <laughs> a bit of a pre-slash post-season game feel to it, as this whole Rainbow Cup has for me. But what did you make of that that fixture against Glasgow?
1: Yeah, I, I, the previous matches I've got actually <clears> got <throat> a bit carried away with just the uh, thinking this is quite adventurous and exciting. And that was the first game I genuinely thought everybody looks a bit tired and worn <laughs> out, particularly, you know, the players like Wainwright's just, hasn't stopped is has he for from what seems like months now and he just think i know but the whole time i was sat there thinking
2: wainwright and moriarty have got to play in the back row for wales this summer i, I was i was thinking yeah, that the yeah. whole time just thinking they play really well together and yeah. we need that experience but you're right he's he must be knackered
1: yeah and um uh it is sort of linking the ospreys to the dragons um it wasn't just a scrum cap or, or am I romanticizing that it was just a scrum cap, but, um, uh, you Davis and Dan Evans, are, is mm. that, is that not, is that without,
2: without wishing to be cruel and he's a young lad playing his trade, I think it might be the scrum cap. He had a very good second <laughs> half, but he, you know, he was, um, I thought he had a tough first half and, you know, again, positionally, it was a bit, it was a bit tricky at times. And obviously, you know, he's, He's really, really young, and that this this is the whole point is he's going to gain experience in this, and I'm sure he'll have a fantastic career. And is he probably is he, no there da- perma- is he there permanently? No, he's terms. on loan from Cardiff, so yeah. uh, I, I dare say he will come back to Rodney Brain and score a hat trick in December. But yeah, I thought he had a rough first half, but the character he showed, I thought in the second half was really good, and he didn't he didn't panic too much, even though you know under the high ball he looked good and he went he went through things. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, you know he's got he's got it's a difficult position to play and he's got a fair amount that he'll that he'll learn either between now and the end of the season and when he goes back to Cardiff.
1: I just like the way that he stayed alive with the ball when he was going into contact he always just managed to just break through that first you know he didn't it, it, that those kind of aspects of his play I thought he gave he gave the Dragons the opportunity to recycle well because he stayed on his feet for just that long enough or he broke the first tackle or he half broke a tackle and he just looked really I thought he looked I was pleasantly surprised really I think Um, I
2: think second half you're absolutely well again second half is when he had the opportunity to show that and you're absolutely right he did a really good job at buying half a second because we struggled at the breakdown. and to be honest I think if the referee had had not been a wanker well, he no, he you know I don't know whether he's a wanker or not, but he, oh, I hated him. I hated yeah, him. I did, but also yeah, everyone I thought,
0: uh, towards the end, it, it was the referee was really grinding me down, and hmm. I even found myself hating Adam Hastings at the end because he was just you know like uh, they he's he's too they're not so bad, him. sorry, he's too beautiful to hate. <laughs> I, well, like you know, <laughs> I, I'll do my best. How can you hate that
1: smile, Murph?
0: I know, yeah, you have a right. I like. Yeah. I like to think he they're takes that that my
1: gum-
2: right, right off his face. I moment. like to think he takes that gum shield out, and his teeth are exactly the same. <laughs>
0: yeah, whiter. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But it, you know that thing—they're not so bad now, but they were for a while. I used to call them the side entry, side entry warriors, because they would just, they would just win every rough like with one guy smashing through the side of it, and then, and, you know, and then it's all over. And there was a little bit of that going on when the uh, dragons were playing catch up. They were just demolishing rugs from all sorts of
2: cities I But I I thought we were lucky in the first half that he gave a lot of not rolling away penalties early on and to be fair Glasgow didn't bloody learn from them they kept doing the same thing yeah I thought a lot of things and thought actually other referees wouldn't have given that there's a player kind of you know trying to move slightly out of the way and and they he just was pinging it was pinging them straight away when Glasgow were in good position
0: Well, the scrum as well the scrum was it was the scrum was a joke yeah Yeah, and that was the referee Uh, um Everybody, I, I the the both both sets of props
1: looked like they n- knew that they could take the piss for that game because it was that classic. The referees now going to the tight head side, and you just think, oh, once you start doing that, you are you're lost. You've lost it because it's like when a it... substitute teacher turns up. Yeah, <laughs> your, your eyes your eyes light up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and
0: they they didn't Massive even dick drawn they, on his back.
1: <laughs> it didn't even need to uh, chat, you know. Like usually, you've got that volume of chat that you just kind of realise that they're chatting. The rest but there was or... there
2: was something in the first half as well where he gave them like a, a clear instruction. Well, you know, inverted commas, clear instruction. It was something like balance or something like that. Yeah, I told and you. And then like, have... one of the second rows went balance, boys, balance. Like it was again. It was exactly as if it was the naughty kid at the back of the back of class who's been told off, going like, stop chewing gum. Oh, no chewing gum now, boys. No chewing
0: gum, man. Oh, well, because what... every player knew he was bloody useless at scrums. You know, and I, I have like I said, I haven't finished watching um, the Blues Munster game. But that was another Irish referee who was actually from Canton, uh, Andrew Brace. You never trust was, a Canton yeah. boy with any responsibility at all. When I'm <laughs> but and, Murph, you've spoken about
2: this before. You should never trust a boy from Canton who has no trace. If you don't know him,
0: yeah, what, what's, what's he... that about? I mean, I know I'm knocking on, and he's only in his 30s, so maybe that's why. But uh, you know, it, it was a diff, completely different. He even went to the same school as me. Completely different era, though. So, um, but yeah, it, yeah, I, I get the feeling I'm. I, he's going to piss me off before I finish watching that uh, 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 Blues Monster game. I just, no, he's he's, little...
1: he's, he is definitely going to piss you <laughs> off. I can <laughs> yeah, guarantee
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Spoiler, that. Alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be the referee it's going to be the fucking captain's challenge the one that actually Murph I cannot fault your predictions this whole season because you I, I I'm just fucking brilliant you have propped this <laughs> you have propped this uh, sham of a podcast up because I've been predicting <laughs>
1: well, England winning know.
2: grand slams and, and yeah. Maratoji captaining the Lions and all this stuff but you did say that you thought the captain's challenge would be a good idea yeah and, I do I still still think I do well, watch I, the end of that game
0: well, from what I can tell, he was allowing captain challenges for things you're not allowed to challenge on. So you're not allowed to challenge on technical issues, which like tapping the ball back into a ruck. You're allowed to challenge on foul play. And uh... no, no, no. Oh, sorry. In, the, la- in under- the last five minutes, anything goes. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, apparently
2: uh-huh. in the last five minutes you can challenge for anything, which is oh, okay. which means you can you can challenge Lloyd Williams for kicking the ball back into the ruck and.
0: It denied okay.
2: it denied us of actually some rugby finish in the game to but be. E- done even on.
0: though it looks like it's going the way of that, I still prefer it to the twenty-minute red card, that way they're both bullshit.
2: Like none of them yeah, yeah, make yeah. any sense. It's like yeah. what can we what what next? Well like fancy dressed five minutes just before the half time.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, well, the the break, one... meanwhile, the breakdown is 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 carnage and people <laughs> are getting I mean, how many people uh, how many players on the I think just on the dragon side, were taped up during the game. Mm. It was like every, you,
0: d- you don't ever.
2: see you don't see much claret from Moriarty often, do you? And he and was Wayne... he was he was taped up.
0: <laughs> yeah, he looked like he'd been MMA on the deck with an elbow. He did. Yeah, Wayne. Uh, wait I think that's
1: why Wainwrights. Uh, took his head, took his took his um, headband off in the first half because it was just like I, I've got a point of diff I used to have a point of difference here, but everybody's got my look <laughs> now, so I'm going to change it up. It's like the moustache will go next. You'll get rid of that because Thomas Williams and all those clowns are doing it. It's like, <laughs> Hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But it's
1: uh... it, that. I mean, in all seriousness, though, that's got to go, isn't it? The captain's challenge—it's just—it's it, just. There's no way it will stay. There's no way. It's an it'll absolute. Stay. Um, yeah, it's it's a complete uh, dampener on well, everything. Like it, I said, like I said to Murph the when they bought
2: when they bought it in, right? Like, who's who is watching this joke of a league and thought, I tell you what, it's, would uh, you know, give us a little bit of extra excitement and sparkle <laughs> this league up a bit? If we go to the TMO more. Let's yeah. give let's give each of the sides another opportunity to go to the TMO more. Like it's just not gonna it's not gonna help. It's like do watching you, a, a Premier League game of football and go. Let's have some more VAR into the mix. Let's just have some more of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you think
1: that it's do you think that it's a marketing meeting where people who don't know anything about rugby have just decided like, okay, let's put a sixteenth man on, and uh, <laughs> but he's got to be in a joker's costume, and <laughs> yeah. if he scores, then you get twice the points you know what I mean? you were, it's like can you imagine like yeah. yeah we're trialing it in new zealand because i'm sure they'll be cool with that because yeah. they love they'd love it
0: yeah do you remember so the that, um, a little bit um extra time multi-ball i was gonna say the budweiser <laughs> adverts
2: added extra time multi-ball yeah yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. I, they, they yeah. you know there are that is probably a better suggestion i would say than the captain's challenge in my opinion
0: Well, the only one that was kind of popular with
2: bells on their boots He's got
0: to wear <laughs>
1: bells on his boots and then his hat. But
2: yeah, with, a scrum, with a scrum cap, he's got to cover the ears.
0: Yeah, the only one that seemed to have some support was the goal line dropout, and it never it never seems to happen. Yeah,
2: really. that's good.
0: If you if you ha- if you're held up over the line,
2: I think a goal line dropout is better because mm-hmm. if you hold someone up over the line, you deserve more than just your side getting <laughs> getting a penalty try awarded to you by getting pushed over the next time. I think I think a goal line dropout is good for that. So I think that's the one that that should stay. That that, is that has is that a, the only
0: reason they do a goal outside, No, they I don't. don't.
2: I think no. it's popped up in. Oh god, god, you'd think we'd know this, wouldn't you? But it does crop up if. Yeah, in I would fact, know if it
0: wasn't. I would know if it wasn't in the Rainbow Cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, they've got adapted rules coming in for the community game now, where they're trying to cut down on the number of scrums that are going to happen at the at kind of premiership level and downwards so scrums will literally only happen for knock on no other reason no like you know if you throw it in rock, crooked at the line out you get the option of a scrum you, there's no option you, you've got to have another line out and things like that and, and, and other there's other instances where penalties you can't offer a scrum you can only tap and go is and
2: this like all it. to minimize contact because of covid is that the reason yeah just that? less
0: less people's uh, face-to-face sweat, sweating on each other.
1: Basically.
2: Fingers, oh yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, you know, everything goes the way we want it to go and vaccine, yeah. everything else and that, and that stuff yeah. will be gone. Is
1: it temporary then, Murph, or is it permanent?
0: Yeah, there's a um, co- full contact matches, 15 aside, community level can start in August, and there's like a COVID cup until November, and they're going to have a mid-season break. And I, I, I bet, I I bet Leinster win it. <laughs> no, 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 this is... <laughs> Community level, not not not. I, st- I bet Lenster Lens- 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 under yeah. 18s <laughs> Lens- with <will> it. Lens- <laughs> the thirds. Um, uh, and then there's a mid season break, which I've, I it does worry me this mid season break because I, I wonder if it's because they expect a third wave in the winter. Um, so December January I think is off, and then there's going to be a shortened league, uh, proper in your division, uh, from. January till May uh, but obviously that won't be home in a way it'll just be what play each side once or whatever so no one I mean no one's going to be promoted or relegated next season whatever happens but um yeah I think the figures continuing to be good will bring about the end of these adapted rules but if they if they stay if they stay a little bit dodgy we might end up with these weird rules for longer than we I mean I think I, I get the feeling everything's gonna drag on longer than we want, but uh, I mean what we'll when
1: you see when you see a referee put is uh, when you see them opting for a scrum when there's a free kick, my heart always sinks a little bit anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna know, have a yeah we're gonna have a reset. It's <laughs> an, yeah, it's another two minutes of nonsense. So yeah. there's an argument there that you that you do actually change those rules. It's
0: a good anyway. point, actually. That, I mean if it goes well, I mean uh, oh, I, I don't wanna pick out individual clubs that are going to in some trouble. If it goes well, some clubs won't be able to stuff it up their jumper as much as they at community level as much as they'd like to, and it could it could have implications for the way the game's played. I mean, the trouble is if they steer too far away from set piece, people are going to stop picking fat boys. It's just sevens then, isn't it? Which yeah, you know, and which that, that is the say. danger. So, um, but it'd be Actually. interesting to see how it pans out. While
2: we while we're on, um... obviously, it's a very fluid situation as everything yeah. is. While we're on, kind of rule changes and the intended or unintended consequences i don't know what's prompted uh taking tap penalties within the five meter line but i am absolutely for it it's yeah. brilliant i'm loving this at the moment I, I don't know how many tries i've seen from it dragons are all over taking a tap penalty and then not scoring a try from it
0: they've been yeah. successful doing it as well that's the thing Dragon, kind of build dragons is- haven't, but the other sides are <laughs> be, they'll okay.
1: build a statue to Luke Cowan Dickey as the instigator. You know, it's like yeah. it'll be like uh, it'll be like William Webb Ellis. It'll be the the man who invented the mm-hmm. who reintroduced the tap penalty. Once yeah. they get rid of the latch, that'll be that that that's my other. You know that 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 would be. The, I, I love it when the pe- those tap penalties happen. But when it then ends up being just a latch, drive, latch, drive, latch, drive, try Exeter, <laughs> you know, it's like that's yeah. that's not right. And that's no. got to stop as well. And I, I think I do
0: like the comeback of the tap only, but I, I would also like the comeback of the wall. Oh, uh, 100%. Why is no one doing this yet? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it I don't think it will catch
2: on, but I'd be like it if it did. Oh, I'd love I would absolutely love that. But right, before <laughs> um as we start to come to an end, I think we should talk about uh we should talk about lions a little bit as well. We haven't mentioned Scarlets this week, obviously because their game was uh their game was postponed against Ulster, and I'm sure we'll look ahead to Scarlet season in a future podcast. But I was keen to talk about lions and players lions form, particularly those playing in England. So Dan Bigger went off injured Murph. It seems to be a bit of a precautionary thing, might miss the, the warm up game in Edinburgh, but doesn't seem to be any huge concern about Dan Bigger, despite kind of going off in that victory for Northampton.
0: No, and if there was, it, we probably would have heard by now because I was, was that Friday night or yesterday, yesterday, yesterday afternoon? Uh, yeah, I, I, having said that, like when when um, Josh Navidi went off with his forearm tucking his jumper, uh, as they do these days, didn't think much of it just a little stinger or something yes now, but, but
2: dan bigger plays in england so that does change things in terms yeah. of media coverage
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. well and the fact that he you know he, he's on he's on the plane as he stands and so there's going to be more you know if, if he if he scrapes his knee you know there's going to be worries but um what i'm saying is it looked innocuous but these things can actually probably more so with shoulders than than, than uh legs but uh Yeah, fingers crossed. George George
1: Ford is on standby. Don't worry about it, (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, Joe Simmons.
1: (laughs) Lads, let's be brutally honest about this. If the media
2: bandwagon is is rolling, it'll be Marcus Smith, which actually I wanted to say, because I I did watch that Harlequins game, because it was on Channel 5, and it was a bloody brilliant game of rugby. And that 4,000 in the stoop is as loud as I've ever heard the stoop. You know, I've been there. I've been there a few times, and when it's fifteen thousand people in there, it didn't sound as loud as that as it did on the telly. It was fantastic, but I, I just thought that that was a really fantastic game of rugby, and there was some, obviously there was some lions in action there, and Toby bungled one of the you know one of the restarts, but also took one as if he was Superman. I don't know. There was there was lots to love about that game, uh, even if I couldn't couldn't root for either of the sides it, there was there was a lot in there to like and you just think that that's what that's what English rugby is while we're kind of nursing our way through the through the Rainbow Cup it's a little bit depressing but I can kind of see why you know, why you watch a, a fair amount of uh, English Premiership Murph
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, I'd love to know because uh, they've sacked their coach start of the year uh, Gastard, I think I'd love to know which of the... Th- there's like a three-man team in front, so Adam Jones, Jerry Flannery and Nick Evans. And I'd love to know if any one of those three is solely responsible for the way they're suddenly playing now. It might just be that the handbrake is off because they've sacked the coach and they've all had a you know kind of new lease of life. Or if it is one of these coaches that's just been brilliant and getting them to play this way, I'd love to know which one... I mean, I would imagine... Adam Jones being strong. Scrum- I
1: quite, I quite like it if it was bomb. It'd be like you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be,
1: yeah. It's my, always been my philosophy, really. I've always been <laughs> all about the fifteen man. You know, chuck <laughs> I it. Tell around. You what, I tell
2: you what, when he got the opportunity, he loved it. He loved to chuck it around. Damn, yeah, yeah, drop, drop yeah. goals, penalties, swinging the ball around. I reckon- but they, the,
1: the, my heart's on a Friday night if I'm catching up. If there's no, you know, if there's no rugby in with the Welsh regions. You know, my heart only sinks when it's a uh, Sale versus uh, Worcester. With with due respect to John Thomas, just because I, you know, the it's it, most of those games. If it's Bath or Bristol or Harlequins, or mm. you know, to a to, you know, I, it, it is it's a good you know. I don't mind. I'll I'll stick my stick my head in front of that for an hour and a half, and not and not complain much. I don't. I really don't want, enjoy watching Sale play. <laughs> at all, but um, yeah. but you know, that, that, that most of it is good, you know, yeah. most of it is. But the Quin Quinces Quinces are great, you know, they, they play risk reward rugby. The mm-hmm. thing I can't get over though is it's just like I can't ever
2: cheer for either one of those sides, I, any of them in the league. I was just like, I can't find myself a side in that league to like. You know, I guess Worcester would be the closest because of the Welsh contingent and they're hugely unfashionable. So everything about it screams Worcester (laughs) to me. But it's, I don't know, there's just, you know, when it's leicester Bath. I mean, that's an amazing rivalry, isn't it? That's a brilliant, that is, I guess, you know, in football terms, it's like Man City, uh, sorry, Man United-Liverpool type thing. You know, they're not geographical rivals necessarily, but huge powerhouses of the game. I don't care who wins that game ever.
1: I'm literally never going to care, and maybe that's I- why you can enjoy it sometimes, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, right? maybe, I know because it's like we're not sitting there biting our fingernails or going, "Oh, Derek, oh God." For God's sake. There, there has
0: been times when I'd like them both to lose, you know. Back back when, say, our our teams were competitive in Europe and they were, uh, say, they were packed with. Really successful English players. Then I would like them both to lose. I tell party.
2: you what, I did enjoy though. I like the fact that Bath had both the Glanville and the Jomo in their uh, in their yeah. starting lineup. That was enjoyable. And yeah. slight slight home at Northampton. There's a lot of great, obviously. Redpath at was, Bath as well. Redpath at Bath. I don't know. It did I don't know whether uh, Grayson plays as well, but obviously he's playing as well. It's, it we is great watching. He
0: bigger. Yeah,
2: it's great watching. You know, it's great just hearing those names that I remember watching. You know growing up
0: with. Yeah. G- just going briefly back to Harlequins uh, Jenny Flannery is one of the ones when I've talked about they, they select the, the lion squad and then there's always, not always, but very often someone who never actually makes it on the plate. Jenny huh? Flannery is one of those. I think he dislocated his elbow playing for his club. And the other one that comes to mind, I don't know if it was the exact same tour, but T- Tommaso Leary. Tommaso Leary,
2: it was the same he's tour.
0: Done half, yeah. So. I never really recovered. I think I this cross doesn't happen to
2: anyone.
1: It's gonna to happen to somebody, isn't it? Yeah. Well,
2: if if it does, I'm sure there is someone in
1: a Harlequin shirt who can step up <laughs> <to laughs> yeah, the fill of oil. Alex Donbrandt, your time has come. I tell uh, you what,
0: he's a brilliant player. I really do. Is the reason why it's the reason why Danny Care looks so good because he's got this lightning number eight inside him and Marcus Smith outside him. And this is, then he the, this is the, the pieces, bit, and everyone says, Wow, we should be in the lion's store. Should he this, this
2: is it? I don't have a problem with harlequins more than any of the other english sides which i all have a problem with but i just don't quite understand this huge kind of bandwagon at the moment that there is well i do understand it because danny care presents on that podcast and obviously (laughs) there's there's part and ugo Monu is on every television program that there is so you know there is a big harlequins drum to be to be banged and there's a lot to like about that harlequin side i thought that you're right you know don brandt is is lightning he's powerful he's quick he's dynamic he's He's got absolutely everything. Marcus Smith is hugely exciting. There's loads to love about him, and Danny Care is a player I've always really, really liked. But he's 34, and like, there's nothing there to suggest that he's a that he's, he got skinned by a second row at one point during the game for a try. So there's nothing to suggest that he's going to go to South Africa and tear up trees. So you know, as, as brilliant a player as he is, now is not the time to be taking a punt on Danny Care for a Lions tour. It, it was four eight years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think how many international squads wouldn't have already had Alex Danbront in their squad by now. Wales would have, because we only got one out no, number eight.
2: Well, I'm sure Wales was sniffing around when he was playing at, uh, Cardiff
0: when Met. he was playing at Cardiff Met. You know, yeah. you'd, you'd, uh, think... you'd definitely get in the Scotland squad. You'd have to get in the Irish squad, surely. Because, I mean, Standard's just retired anyway. I suppose you've got uh, Jack Conan and Caelan mm. Dollis knocking around, but I mean, to not like I, I know we've been over this hundreds of times it's, uh, uh Sam Simmons as well, but to not even be at least, at least Sam Simmons has had a, a few
1: caps, you know. Yeah, did you see? um Willis, you know, we're nowhere near are they? Simmons's little tap, uh, little tap, one-handed tap on when he in a back move where the, one of the thirty-seven tries that Exeter scored.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched the, the seventy-four.
1: If you see the if you see the if you see the highlights, there's one. It's not it's not the ten. It's the it's the eight who just flicks the ball along like, and you just think, oh my god, you know. Yeah. A- apart from the just the obvious plowing over regularly and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's um, but yeah, do yeah, Don Brown would walk into most sides, wouldn't he? Yeah.
0: And on the subject, Robert, well, on the subject of eights, there was that bit from the Bath-Harlequins game where Falatau glided past the Harlequins winger. You know, there they was a long kick. The through. kick, the kick, and, and he absolutely gassed him, didn't he? Yeah, and, and the longer the the, the the chase went on, the more Toby Falatao was just gliding past everyone. Absolutely weird. It was like as if, you know that, I don't know, uh, you know when a sprinter's easing down, but they're not easing down, they're just flowing along? It was like that. Really weird. You don't often get to see Falatau at top speed because of you know the nature of the way he plays. there. So, uh, because it because for ten years he played for the
2: Dragons, picking the ball out from a <laughs> from a hooker's foot and still making two yards.
0: Yeah, corner flagging for Bath. Yeah,
2: boys, it's been fantastic. Good to good to get a bit of Lions chat in at the end. A Big thank you to Yester for joining us. A big thank you, as always, to the mighty Murph and a thank you to our sponsors, So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee and, of course, support a young Welsh business, you can do that by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. We'll be back next week to talk rugby with you. Thanks for listening.
0: Podcast Network.